Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 287 and our ninth installment to our Moving Diary episodes. It has now been a full year as Florida residents. Does it feel like a full year to you yet? Honestly, this year has absolutely flown by. And sometimes it also feels like it's drug on. So it's hard to say yes or no. I mean, I guess the calendar says it, so it must be true. But it's been such a fun year. And I think because everything has been so new for us in a new place that it has really flown by. And we've just kind of taken every new experience. Just, you know, we're having fun. It's awesome. So we want to end this Moving Diner series on a nice round number. So we're going to end it on number 10. That will be Thursday's episode. Thursday's episode is listener questions. So we already have it up on our Instagram. You can go over there and submit a question about moving to Florida, what this past year has been like for us over there, if you've not had a chance to already. And then today's ninth installment to the Moving Diary is basically just going to be a free form. We have some topics prepared, some things that have been on our minds that we're going to dive through and discuss and both share our opinions on these different topics. Some of them are silly, some of them are more serious, but we're going to try to cover it as much as possible. And then on Thursday, if there's particular topics that you want us to go deeper into, that would be the appropriate time for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting because our moving diaries kind of fall into two different realms. You know, how do we feel now living closer to Disney But also just what is it like to basically uproot your lives, get new jobs, move to a new state, all of those different things. So there are honestly so many different routes and so many different topics to cover. That's why we thought it'd be better to break this, you know, this kind of conclusion moving diary into two parts. And then that way we can kind of cover everything. And if you don't have Instagram, feel free to send us a message on Facebook or email us send us a message on TikTok, whatever it might be. All of the links to our contact uh, avenues are down in the show notes below. But something that you mentioned, I think is a great place to start. Let's talk about our work life. So moving down here, we both stayed in the same industries. I basically just took my same jobs, moved them down here, which we were very, very fortunate. But we did start putting in the legwork for that. Years, I dare say before we actually made the move to make sure that I was in a position to be completely remote, some things just kind of fell into our lap. But for the most part, they were things that we actively pursued. And, you know, I started with my job saying, all right, I'll come in three days a week. And I'd say, all right, I'm going to come in one day a week. And then eventually I just said, all right, I'm on demand. Like if you need me, I'll be in the office. But if not, I can do everything that I need to do from home. And that's how it's been moving down here. I have not had to go back for work to Nashville or Atlanta, where a lot of my work is based in a year, which is kind of crazy. I think that we anticipated that I would have to travel a lot more, but nothing has come up travel for work, which I think has really been a blessing that we haven't had to deal with that. And I hope that that continues going forward there's probably a different discussion about what it's like working fully remotely. It's just me and my computer and the dogs and the cat all day long. Are they good coworkers? That's the question. Sometimes. Sometimes they're loud. Sometimes the cat wants to walk in front of the computer screen. But we dealt <laughs> with that in Tennessee as well. But it's been interesting. I One thing that I expected to do a lot more is remote working outside of the house. So I thought I would take the laptop, go to Disney Springs, Starbucks, or go to a Starbucks in our town and go work for the day. And I really haven't done that at all. I think the most that I've done 
is sometimes I'm in the parks and I'll answer emails on my phone, but I've never taken like an iPad or a laptop to do that. So it's been a really easy transition for me. I'm kind of knocking on wood, you know, just waiting for that other shoe to drop for them to say, we need you in Charlotte, North Carolina at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. But thankfully, nothing like that has happened yet. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing to anticipate. But I do think, kind of like you said, you know, jobs are probably the biggest thing that you have to put into place when you're trying to make a move like this. And all the things that we did were long thought out. You know, we've talked about that several times. We knew that I still wanted to teach. Brendan knew that he just wanted to move his jobs down here. So we did start researching and putting in that legwork a solid year before we actually made the move just to make sure that all of our ducks were in a row. It definitely wasn't something where we just decided one day, okay, we're going and you know, everything just kind of worked out. We're not that crazy just slightly, but I guess for me, the hardest thing has been just kind of reacclimating myself into a new environment, you know? So I was teaching at the same school for four years in Tennessee I was super comfortable. I knew everyone. They knew me. I knew what the expectations were. And it was just different kind of jumping into a new school with brand new people, getting to know everyone and how everyone kind of operated. But I will say, even with everything else that's been going on in schools this year, this has been one of the best school years that I've ever had. But it hasn't been that way the whole time. I mean, I do remember early on you were pretty overwhelmed and stressed and, you know, there was a social aspect of trying to meet the new teachers and everything. But you think by the end of the year, everything kind of worked itself out? I'd say so. I mean, I think it's overwhelming starting any kind of new job. But again, all in all, you know, I liked my class. The parents were very different than what I had in Tennessee in a good way. Um, All the parent communication that I had, they were super supportive. I ended up loving my administration and my partner teachers and everything like that. So, I mean, I just think that was something that I was deathly scared of because honestly, and I don't know how it might be in your state or where you're from, whatever it might be, people look at Florida schools like they are terrible honestly. And I was so scared of that. I was scared that we were going to come down. I was going to start teaching and I was going to be miserable. And that was something that we kind of had to mentally prepare ourselves is, you know, if I come down and I hate it, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to get a new job and we'll pivot and we'll do something differently. But it was something that I, you know, hopefully if maybe it's you and you want to teach down in Florida that it's, it wasn't drastically different and it was not horrific. That's good to know. I was going to say, I don't know if that's like a ringing endorsement. I hope it is because I was very scared and it's been good. I do think we do have to take that with a grain of salt because Tennessee isn't world renowned for their schools either. They're not. But yeah, I, I, I don't think we saw any of the horror stories that some other people maybe have described to us about Florida schools. It was Mm -hmm. just more casual, I think, was the biggest thing for you, right? Um, Yeah, as far as just like what teachers can do, I mean, (laughs) I don't don't know if that would make parents feel better. I guess it's real that, you know, just like dress code for teachers was more casual as far as like, ooh, you can wear sandals, you know, different things like that, tattoos, you know, kind of the same thing that Disney did. Like it's not a deal breaker I don't have any tattoos, but a lot of my coworkers did, you know, that obviously doesn't make you less qualified to be a teacher. So just little things like that, that were different. Um, But, you know, state testing is always the same, you know, expectations for kids, meetings, those things never really change. Two things that I've kind of gathered, and this is more other people's opinion, and I'm interested to know your thought as a teacher is that, you know, so many people base where they're going to move to based on the school scores. What's the score? What is it out of 10? Or what's their grade? And would you say 
that with that, you have to take it with a grain of salt because so many students are English as a second language that they don't test as well as how, you know, actually smart they are or, you know, that it's the numbers get skewed a lot when you start looking at some of that kind of stuff. And a lot of it is just you have to know firsthand experience, talk to the teachers, talk to the admin to really judge a school fairly. Yeah, so Florida does have like a report card kind of system, which is funny. I mean, you can go online and you can look it up. You can search by area, specific schools, counties, whatever it might be that you're trying to narrow down for you and your kids. But, you know, just like anything else, schools have good years, schools have bad years. In Tennessee, you know, I worked at a great school. And even there, you know, there were some years where you might be a level five school And then there was literally a year where we were at one, you know, lowest bottom of the barrel. And, you know, I would hope that that wouldn't have changed anybody's opinions, you know. So it's just like anything else. There are good years. There are bad years. Like Brendan said, statistically, Florida does have one of the highest percentages of ELL students. So English as a second language. Um, We're right up there with Texas and California as being in like the top three, just constantly. So, you know, that is something those students take the test too. Obviously, if you're taking something in another language, it's not always going to translate the same way. But, you know, I think you get a pretty good feel for the schools. I'm just driving around the areas. It's just like anything we said in an episode one time, we heard that you can learn a lot about an area from visiting the Walmart You know, you can probably learn a lot about a school from the same ways, just driving around the neighborhoods. You can look at the report cards, but at the end of the day, I think more than anything, you know, the teacher makes the biggest difference and just like the community as a whole, if that makes sense. And the only reason I bring that up is because that's probably one of the biggest questions that we're asked all the time is, you know, how do we find a good school once we get down there? Or where are the good schools? And I always feel weird because I don't even know how to answer that most of the times. And that's a huge question. That's probably a very important factor for anyone moving down with kids. And I totally get that. We were not in that situation. So that wasn't something that I looked into in depth. But I do think everyone's expectations are also very different depending on where you're moving from. So it's hard to just like blanket answer, like, oh, this is the best school. You need to be here. Because I don't think it's a a one-size-fits-all type of thing. One last thing I want to mention about jobs, and I do think it is a mindset that helped us, and we're very you know, thankful that it never had to come to this. But we both went into it thinking, all right, if our plan A does not work out, we are literally willing to do anything to make this dream come true. That means any sort of wages that we can earn, you know, are on the table to make sure that this happens. So my plan was always, all right, if my jobs fall through or if something dries up, like I'll go to Target, I'll go to Starbucks. You know, we knew at that point, Disney was not an option (laughs) as it got closer and closer and they weren't reopening when we started the move. But I think that mindset kind of that, you know, we will scrap and claw and do anything to make this happen helped us a lot because we were always kind of scanning and making sure that everything was in its best possible, you know, opportunity status and knowing that we had a fallback plan if worse comes to worse. Yeah. Well, it's funny to even say we have a fallback plan because I guess... That's not really a plan at all, but it also shows like we were very determined to make this happen. And obviously, you know, that's kind of an uncomfortable situation to be in where like, okay, if this doesn't work, what do we do next? Because again, it was a big move and we know a lot of other people out there probably aren't in the same way. You know, if we had kids, we might feel differently. Like this has to work and different things like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think just also recognizing that we kind of weren't completely in control. I don't know if it gave us comfort, 
but it did let us know like we were serious. Like maybe that was the ultimate test of how serious are you? Like what are you willing to do kind of thing? So next topic on the list, this is where I'm talking about kind of more serious things to talk about. And it is just kind of a mental health checkpoint. You know, now that we've been down here a year, do you see a difference in your mental health compared to back home? Do you think Disney or the theme parks play a role in that? And I can start, I think for me, one of the biggest things is obviously Disney. We rely on it quite a bit of, you know, going in to get our fixes, I guess is what we call it, or, you know, just to hear the music or the people watch or just a place to have that escapism that is so close to take the pressure of the real world off for a little while. But I think, to me, the biggest thing has been the weather. Now, I don't know any of the technical terms, or I've never had like a formal diagnosis, but we are pretty sure that I have some form of seasonal depression. And I would get that in Tennessee. It would be, you know, right when the weather gets cold, we'd have that conversation about like, Catherine, I'm sorry if I seem more irritable during this time period. Like there's something about that when it gets cold, I just you know, I go into a little bit of a darker place. And I think being down here helped that quite a bit. I guess you would maybe be a little more (laughs) objective on that. If Could you see that in me? I felt better. Which is, I think, all that really matters. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we've been outside. We say it almost every day is just like every opportunity we have to go to the parks. We'll look at each other and just say like, if we were in Tennessee, what else would we be doing right now? Like, what did we used to do with our time? You know, we would sit inside. We, we have never been like super exercisers or super, you know, outdoorsy people. And not that going to Disney world is super outdoorsy, but we're moving our bodies, we're talking to people, we're just doing things that we genuinely enjoy. And like it gives us something to look forward to, it brightens our day, it, you know, everything. So I think of, you know, if you put all those things together, it is going to improve your mood. So do you think as your husband, was I a you know, was I more pleasant to be around <laughs> during this past winter compared to the previous four that we were married? And it even went back into when we were dating. It's something that we were both aware of beforehand. I, I feel like you can't consider dating because you leave, you know, like we know, you have to live with someone, you know. I do think everything has been, I don't know, it's weird to kind of put into words, but everything has been much better. You know, we've had the freedom that we've wanted, which makes you happier. You know, you get the opportunity to kind of make your day the way that you want it. And you're not tied down to a desk. You're not tied down to something. And then put that with the fact that we live so close to Disney. I mean, yeah. I guess my way that I've kind of had it in my mind and you can confirm or deny this. I feel like every time we've gotten into a rut or when, you know, anxiety is creeping up and it's getting worse and, and, you know, we're, I feel like in all of the scenarios for the past year, we've been able to identify this is our cause, you know, let's work on this. And if we resolve this issue, then we will be in a better mental state going forward. Whereas previously it's kind of just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I feel this way. I feel like there was a lot more cause and effect, which to me is a sign of that our my mental health has improved being down here. Well, yeah, and I think it goes back to again like we have more control here. You know, we that's something that we really wanted moving down to Florida. We wanted to be in control of what we do, who we see, where we go how we spend every minute of each day, basically. And that's what this move has meant for us. I mean, it's given us freedom, which we'll talk about in a minute. Sometimes that's been great. It's been great to kind of start over and discover adult life 
away from our childhood home. You know, what does it mean to be Brendan and Catherine detoured to Neverland married couple? Corgi parents. Corgi parents. All the things that we love away from all of these influences that we've had in our life. Again, good influences. We love all of our Tennessee people. But just like, what does it mean to be away from that? And I mean, I think it's made a big difference in just the way that we do things. So I guess you're also confirming your mental health has improved. You feel like you're in a better space. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to get into some of the things that maybe haven't gone quite according to plan or some things that sometimes we still struggle with. But for the most part, like we're happy here. People ask, that's the number one question that people ask us, friends from home, family members, people that we meet through Detour to Neverland. Like, do you like it? Are you happy? How's Florida? And I feel like every single time we answer it, we're answering it honestly. We're not lying, but we really love it here. And I don't, at this time, we don't foresee ever being able to live anywhere else, which is weird because Florida, and here we are. Anaheim. Well, see, I can't do California. But anyway, that's, that's where we're at. You need to explain why you can't do California so people don't think it's some other multitude of reasons. It's natural disasters. That's your issue with California. Absolutely. Earthquakes seem terrifying. What was I grew that up, movie that you? It's a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. It was my absolute favorite movie of all time. Probably still is. I could quote the whole thing right next to Princess Diaries. And in the movie, the dad dies because of an earthquake. And that ruined California for you. It ruined it. And past that, I grew up in Kansas and then Tennessee where tornadoes run rampant and we you know just experienced that last year of all times right before we moved and the thought of any sort of crazy natural disaster like that that you cannot predict can't really prepare for i need to stay far away from that and you might be thinking to yourself right now well Catherine, what about hurricanes you you know hurricane is coming you can prepare you can Flee if you want to. And we are prepared. We bought everything that you could ever need for a hurricane. That's the first thing that we did when we moved down here. We've got the water, the flashlights, the emergency radio. We're probably crazy. But, yeah. So that's why California is out. So I'm just going to continue on the list. And, you know, hopefully this will be somewhat of a cohesive story. So next is just kind of our relationship with the parks And we both kind of discussed beforehand, we have to be very careful now as locals about how we treat and nurture our relationship with the Disney parks. And so we can talk about some of the good things and some of the bad things. Start with the good. I mean, I just think the easy access to it can sometimes be a little overwhelming, but it is just an overwhelming sense of relief, I think, of knowing that no matter what you have on your calendar for the next day, there's at least some time that you can look on the calendar and say, okay, you know, if we get all this stuff done and everything falls correctly, we can go to Epcot for two hours if we can get a park (laughs) reservation. You know, and a lot of times we don't do that, but sometimes we do. But just knowing that it's there and available, or even if you don't want to deal with park reservations, you can just say, let's go to Disney Springs. We'll just walk around, we'll do a lap, and then we'll come home and, you know, get some of that Disney fix. More often than not, it's let's look for a dining reservation. Oh, it's always a dining reservation. That's the ultimate Disney fix for when maybe we don't have a whole day to spend at the parks. But I do think... It's been so nice having them kind of in our backyard because it takes a lot of the pressure away. You know, there's been a lot of things happening over the past year, different things that we've wanted to see or experience or do as different rides open back up or as new characters come out. So it's nice to know that, okay, maybe on this day, on Tuesday after school, 
we're going to try to go for a few hours. Kind of whatever happens, happens. We usually like on our way driving to the parks, we say, okay, what do you want to accomplish? And he might say, Big Thunder Mountain. And I might say, Peter Pan's Flight. And then those are the only two things that we focus on when we're there. But even if we go and we're too busy. That was an unrealistic thing. It's normally about food. Well, sometimes it's about food too. Yeah. What do you want to eat? I want a Gaston cinnamon roll and I want (laughs) a Cheshire cattail. But whatever it might be, like we kind of, we just throw out one thing that we would be happy doing. And that's really the only thing that we care to do. And I think it's been a good way to kind of approach things. And it's also been a way to make sure that things don't get boring, if that makes sense. Like we don't just go every time and do the same thing over and over and over again. So we still try to keep it different. I mean, an example we was we still haven't seen Festival of the Lion King since it came back. And I don't, like I want to see it, but I don't feel a lot of pressure to see it because I know it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And you feel that way with a lot of things, I think. You walk up, you see the wait time. Nah, not worth it. And like festival food, we've been terrible about eating festival food. One, because I think we got burnt with the first few things that we ate that we were just kind of, okay, we're over this. I will never stop screaming from the rooftops that the oysters from the American Pavilion this year were the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Well, and if you're like me, um, a lot of people probably don't find that very shocking. But, but I, I did feel very, it was the, it was like, I don't even know what you would compare it to. Like someone just kicked a puppy. Brendan was so upset for the rest of the week. That like, okay. that Because that we went to Epcot saying like, this is the one thing I want. Like I love oysters. This is what I want. And I got them and I ate the first one. I was like, that didn't really taste like what I thought it would be. So I immediately he ate the another second one. one and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, everything that I thought on the first one has now been confirmed and amplified by a thousand. This is horrid. Now, I know some of you enjoyed them. I don't know if I got a bad batch, but I will never give it a second try. He even went so far as to say that oysters were almost completely ruined. So we had to go back to Boathouse so we could fix that. Or else I'd be very sad. They have been redeemed. (laughs) I had the Lucky Ducks from Boathouse. But I do think when you think about our relationship with the parks, that's kind of what it's been. Um, I will say maybe there's a little more pressure sometimes, like when all those Ratatouille rumors are going around, like, oh, it's going to open this week, and here are the reasons why. Like we did put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be there. Like we wanted to be there because to us it's like, oh, this might be our first opening like how cool would that be so there is that aspect to it as well but again that's not a bad thing you know like that's an exciting thing for us the flip side to this which i think is kind of the more negative side and i do think it's just something that you have to be cognizant of if you are going to make those steps to be a local or even if you're just visiting multiple multiple times a year is that when we were living in tennessee i could never understand how a lot of people who are sharing their opinions or thoughts on the parks, a lot of people are very, very critical and very, you know, why does Disney do it this way? Why don't they do it that way? Or, you know, this was better than that. And, you know, all of those things. And you guys, if you're listening, you probably have a pundit in mind of, you know, who approaches that things. And I don't think we've gotten to that point, you know, as far as extreme as some other people However, I do get it more as being a local because you can kind of pick every single decision apart without really knowing the full context of what's going on. But it's very easy to get hung up on changes or what Disney says is an improvement, but you don't really think it is. And allowing that to kind of spiral and you get super, super critical and cynical about Disney. And there's been, you know, there's been weeks, and honestly, this past week was one where we were fed up with a lot of stuff that they were doing. I mean, we, I guess we can share it. Like the Boo Bash tickets. We still haven't gotten over how expensive they are. And, you know, just to kind of play on to that, it's almost more like we are having to constantly manage our expectations because, you know, we 
saw in previous years that people who were local got to buy this pass and they got to go to every single boob, not boob bash, but not, not so, so scary. scary party that they wanted to. And like, we wanted that. So like we're critical because it is very expensive, but I feel like part of that is also just, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but you know, it's just a change of reality. Like you like, painted this picture of what you thought it would be like. Yeah. And it's different. And it's different. So, you know, you're critical of that. And when they do change things, you know, it impacts us basically immediately. You know, the next time we go to the park, this is how it is. Or they're doing this now. And you're keeping up with it. And you're trying to make sure that you're always up to date. So it's just a different way, too, of experiencing the parks where everything impacts you right then. And there's some things that are, you know, more minor and some things are major, like the harmonious barges. I personally think they're (laughs) hideous, but it's like, what, what are you going to do about it? Like, that's a, not something where if you complain enough, they will change. Like The, the noodles. I was about to say the noodles. People complained enough about the Ohana noodles and they changed them. So, I don't know. It's you have to kind of manage that in your mind, I think. And I've noticed that with a lot of other local people as well is that if you're not careful, you can become really cynical. And so I think we both have to view it as like that's not why we love Disney. We love Disney for all these other intangible reasons. We're still going to love Disney whether we go to Boo Bash or not. Although we would love it more. <laughs> But I think that's something that has changed from when we're in Tennessee. Because when we're in Tennessee, we come down two, three, four times a year. We could do the same thing on all four of those trips and have an absolute blast. We'd eat at Homecoming. We'd eat at Columbia Harbor House. You know, we'd hit all of our checklist. And that's just not the case anymore. The checklists have definitely changed. They've altered quite a bit. Any other thoughts that you have on like your relationship with the parks? Those are the big ones that stand out. Next on the list is finding a church. So I think, you know, even if you're not religious or church is not your thing, I think there's a worthwhile conversation here about that church for us back in Tennessee was an institute where I think honestly we took it for granted. We didn't realize how good we had it. And we thought that it was something that we could just replicate down here. And I think you can fill in the blank with that for anything. could be your favorite hangout spot, your favorite basketball gym that you go to, you know, whatever it might be. We thought that we'd just be able to take all the same emotions and feelings and what we got out of our church in Tennessee and just find that here immediately. And it has been a grind and a struggle. And... Honestly, at this date and time, I don't feel like we're even closer to finding a solution than we were the first day that we moved here. We're not. So that's one of those things where like some things just take longer than others to kind of acclimate. You know, we're moved into the house. We feel like this house is our home, but there are still other aspects of Florida that still don't quite feel like home. And that would be one of them. You know, there's... There's just so many things that play into it that honestly, you know, I don't even know if you can say we're actively looking anymore because it's just, it's exhausting, you know, to try to take something from home, wherever you might call home and bring it to Florida. That's just not how it works. Like you said, you could fill in a blank with anything, but it's just one of those things where I don't know. We don't even have like a solution for what you would do in this situation because we haven't figured it out. Well, I can tell you what our solution is, is we're watching our old church on YouTube. Yeah. But it's different. It is. Yeah, it's different because you don't get the same sense of community. So we've been very lucky, obviously, that we have our Disney community. But I guess we'll talk about that here in a minute. But it's different, you know, to have one community versus another 
when, you know, one's more important than the other, whatever you want to say, there's, they're, they're different. So, and, and we really do appreciate it. A lot of you will try to send us church recommendations and things like that. And we try to check everything out and give it a fair shake. But, you know, we're just at the point where we kind of know what we're looking for. And Almost too well, which is also the bad part. And we've tried to be honest with ourselves and saying, like, we're not going to replicate what we had. It's not possible. But if they can check this, this, and this box, then we can make it work. And unfortunately, we just haven't found that just yet. I know we will. We will. And that's one of those things. Again, you know, it's been a year. But in the grand scheme of things, if we never leave again, you know, you just got to keep trying until you find the right fit. Next on our list is friends. So friends, social life, kind of all under the same umbrella. We've kind of been very, we talked about this in Moving Diaries in the past, and it kind of goes in the same conversation as the church. Building our social life back up, where we both, just so you understand us better, we both Grew up small little suburb of Nashville. It's not really small. It's not small anymore. Um, we went to college about an hour away from our hometown. A lot of people from our hometown went to the same college as us. My very my best friend. So I had a best friend in middle school, high school. We were college roommates, bridesmaids. You know, it's, it was one of those things where you just grow up with the same people. And everyone does the same thing because that's just what everybody does. And so when we graduated from college, of course, the natural thing was we moved back to our exact same hometown, bought a house there. And our social life was kind of set from that point forward. We, you know, attached more to our college friends rather than our high school friends. But there is some overlap there, like you just mentioned. But we kind of had these pillars of college friends of our social network and it's another one of those things we took it for granted i think and we both have had ideas about how do we have long distance friendships and we do to a certain extent we still keep up with some of our friends from back home but being able to just quickly move down and find those relationships out here has been more of an uphill struggle than we thought Yeah, no one tells you how hard it is to make friends as adults. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like people ask, oh, what about your neighbors? Or what about this? Or what about that? And it's like, oh, that would be great. But it's hard. You know, what if our neighbors are hermits and they never come outside? You know, you can't talk to a wall. It's a real bummer because they are husband and wife around our same age. (laughs) I know they go to Disney because I've seen them wearing ears before, and they want nothing to do with us. They don't. They maybe don't they talk li- to us. They must listen to the podcast, and they just don't like us. So maybe they think we're weirdos. I don't know. Well, we are, but a little bit. But it's just one of those things, and that's where you know we've leaned very heavily on our Disney community, where like we have been making friendships for almost three years doing this podcast, you know, we talk to some people weekly, daily, monthly, whatever it might be. And the good thing about living here in Florida is all of our Disney friends, where do they come? Disney. So it's interesting because like, we'll talk about friends and we'll say like, oh, well, we don't have like Florida friends. And Let's, yeah, I mean, I just want to say, like, we're not saying this to have, like, pity or anything. Like, no. This is just the honest conversation about what it's like to move. Because we've talked about this in the past, and a lot of times we'll get messages. And I know you guys do it from the bottom of your heart, and we truly appreciate it. But a lot of people <laughs> will be like, I'll be your friend. I was like, yeah. Like, we are friends. We are friends. <laughs> but so, yeah, so that's what I was saying. You know, when we said we don't have Florida friends— We just mean we don't have, like, someone who lives three doors down that we just, like, go see after work and, you know, have a barbecue with on a random – you know what I mean? Like, little things like that. But we have friends who come down constantly. 
So it's weird because we're always busy and we are always seeing people and we know we have friends. Like that's not the issue, you know? It's just different because those friends leave. (laughs) They go back to where they're from. And we do have some friends that live down here and it's not discounting anything that we already have in place, but it's just like, surely, you know, you know, that like you, you find your people eventually, you know, the people that you know that you're going to be friends with for a very long time that you can, like you said, you can call them up at any time, go hang out, do whatever. And again, it's, it's one of the things I know we're going to get there. It's been a little bit more of a struggle than what I thought, but it is the flip side to people visiting down here that we get to hang out with. We have such a blast. It's bittersweet because they leave. Yeah. We'll spend like a week together and do everything together and we have so much fun and then like, oh, their vacation's over. (laughs) Okay. So when are you coming back? And you know, it's like, we're constantly putting things into our calendar for when we're going to get to see people again. So it's exciting. And it's super exciting to get to meet people for the first time that we've been talking to online for years because here we are all of a sudden. But it's just different. It's just kind of a different way to view a social life, honestly. It's not like in Tennessee, just the same people Constantly. And not something we had to work towards. It wasn't very natural. It's kind of like a carousel of people, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And some of you who are listening are moving down here, and we know that. And so we've already called dibs on you. (laughs) You may or may not know that. Not to sound weird, but yeah, we already... I feel like that's how making friends works anyway. Like, you just kind of... Pick someone and you're like, yeah, they're good. I'm going to be their friend. And that's how it starts anyway, really. And we do have people that we see on a regular basis now that live in Orlando. And, you know, you, I can, if we keep nurturing those friendships, you know, I think they could be friends for a very long time. Yeah. So I just don't think enough time has passed. We thought it would be more instantaneous. Yes. Next on my list is our activity level. You kind of already mentioned it before, but we now will go a couple days and we'll just be super active. We're out of the house, you know, for long periods of time each and every day. And we are both homebodies to a certain extent, so we do have to recharge sometimes. But we always talk about, like, what did we do in Tennessee? Like, what were our hobbies? Did we ever leave the house? Like, what did we do on Friday nights besides go eat Mexican food and drink margaritas? You know, we watch Modern Family, I guess. But yeah, our TV consumption has gone way down. Our steps have gone way up. I guess I'm fine sharing it. I've lost a considerable amount of weight since we moved here, and I and I attribute it to just walking a lot more and being more active and being outside. I don't think I'm eating any better. I think I'm eating worse <laughs> eating all the Disney food. But it's pretty. Interesting just like how natural you get into that of, yeah, I I had 15,000 steps today. That's a normal Tuesday. Yeah. Whereas back home, I feel like, I, I guess you could look back at the Fitbit data way back in the day. I bet we'd go some days and not even hit 3,000 steps. Sadly, you're Walk probably from, right. From the house to the car to inside to work. To back to the car, <laughs> and you come home and you sit on the couch for the rest of the night. Yep, because you're exhausted. We do have some days like that here in Florida still, but they're fewer and far between, I think. Yeah. There's just so much to do. Why would we want to sit inside our house? Unless we're sitting with the dogs, of course. Any other thoughts you have on activity level? No, I mean, we just we spend a lot more time outside, too. And again, we kind of already talked about that, but... The weather has really just allowed us to go outside more, take more walks, walk to get the mail, walk through the parks, walk, you know, walk around Disney Springs just for fun. And that's been nice. One last question just to round out about weather is now that we've been here for a year, is there any particular seasons that you missed or 
winter, snow, anything like that? Or were you happy with how the weather shook out here? I mean, I do feel like living in Florida, it's summer year round. Obviously, sometimes it gets a little colder, but we don't really get seasons. We didn't have a real winter. We definitely didn't have a fall. And there were times where I would look at, you know, Instagram or whatever it might be. And I would be jealous that there were snow days or snowmen, sledding, and we didn't get to partake in any of that. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I like the weather year-round. I think, hands down, that's been amazing. But it is weird not having seasons. I don't know if it makes time go faster or slower, but there's nothing to kind of break things apart. I think... Looking at this next year, something we have to do in fall is we have to go back to Tennessee for the leaves changing colors. Did you miss that? I did, and I think I have the perfect solution. We're going to Dollywood. I would love to go to Dollywood. It's almost it's hard to go to Dollywood knowing that Nashville is three hours away. Don't and you that's think? where our family is. So do we go in secret? Like, what do we do? I don't know. See, that's the thing, too. It's hard when we do have the opportunity to go home, which honestly hasn't been much because it's a weird like we want to see so many people. But obviously we focus mostly on families. Then we haven't gotten to see friends from back home. So going to Dollywood, we would almost feel guilty because we are kind of stretched thin when we go home as far as everything that we want to do. So our last topic for today, something that's honestly kind of blown our minds that we maybe somewhat predicted, but I don't think we predicted to the level that it has become true. And it's a question that we get asked all the time about how will social media and your content and the projects that you're working on change being in Orlando. And so we actually looked up our numbers, which again, I hope you guys can hear it in our voices and know like our motivation behind this. None of this is about the numbers. This is just something that we enjoy doing. And this is kind of our passion project, but it is crazy to look back now from June of last year to June of this year as to how our social media and the podcast has changed. So I'm, I'll read the numbers first and then we can discuss and maybe theorize as to why this is. Our Instagram last June was around 3000 followers we're now at 12.5 thousand followers. Our TikTok last June was 72 thousand followers. It's now at 376 thousand followers. Our Facebook, which admittedly we don't put a lot of time and effort into. No, we fall short in that category. Went from 196 likes to 305 likes in the past year. And then the podcast, maybe not the same uh, exponential growth, I guess would be. Went from around 35,000 downloads a month to now around 6,000 downloads a month, which I'm still over the moon about. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. So, again, it's never been about the numbers, but I think it is interesting to look at them because as growth happens, obviously it's something that happens over time and it's kind of a snowball in any aspect of growth that you're looking at. And to kind of look from one point to the next and really see, oh my gosh, is that what it was? Like, is that what happened? It is kind of shocking. And again, it's not surprising because we kind of suspected that moving down here would change some of those numbers. But I think just our access to the parks and like the frequency that we can make or get new content has been a big just like game changer. I don't really feel like we've changed our strategy that much from when we are living in Tennessee. It's just the abundance is the biggest difference, I think. And I do think we have to mention that it it's I don't think it's all connected to the move. I think a lot of it is fueled by that we got into TikTok at the right time. Well yeah, so for that particular Part of it, for sure. And it, it goes with any other platform. We've always mentioned it. And 
like we've always talked about, that's just how it is. Early adopters, you get in and you see just a crazy amount of success. I think it's like that in anything that you do. But the move test was never about growing Detour to Neverland. That has been something that's come kind of as a re- as a result, I guess. But our purpose for moving, you know, were the first few things that we talked about, just growing as people, growing as a couple, being happier, being closer to like our ultimate hobby, which is Disney, which is what we love. So everything else that's kind of come out of that has just been like a side product, I would say. And I think something that our friend Rodri said to us the other day has really stuck with me. He was talking about, you know, because he made the move to Orlando and he was saying, you know, some people treat social media so seriously you know, if Instagram went away tomorrow or TikTok or fill in the blank on anything, whatever you use the most, like, what would you do? Would you still have a personality? Would you still enjoy the things that you're doing? Basically proving a point of that. Are you doing Instagram for the right reasons or doing anything for the right reasons? And I think it's a very honest conversations that you have to have with yourself. And I'll be honest, sometimes we we take it too far. We get too caught up in it. We take it too seriously. We forget that this is all for fun. This is not our, you know, this is not a source of income for us. We lose money on this, to be honest. <laughs> and, you know, I think when you see, I'm interested to watch going forward, people moving down here. And a lot of people who move down here have these side projects or, you know, things that they want to pursue, do you, if you're not careful, I think you can take it too far and you can let it consume you. Whereas, you know, if you're moving down here because you just want to be able to go to the boathouse once a month and you're not because you want to post about the boathouse once a month, I think those are two very different approaches on it. Well, and there are two very different reasons for moving down. And I think there are definitely people who do fall into both categories. You know, I do think if you have like a Disney-centered job, I think looking at numbers and statistics and seeing like how much more exposure you can have with the parks would be a good business decision or it could be a good business decision for you. But for us, that was not our motivation. I don't think, I won't speak for you. I couldn't handle it. Handle what? If we had put that much pressure on Detour, like we're moving down here to, you know, fill in the blank, make Detour a full-time job or take Detour to this level. I don't think I could handle the mental aspect of that. Well, yeah, and we had conversations beforehand about that so that we would be on the same page because, like you said, if Instagram went away tomorrow and we felt like we had nothing, then, you know, our move would be pointless. So to us, it was more important that we were moving down to Florida for our own reasons rather than to pursue something in particular. And... I don't want it to get confused. This doesn't mean that we don't take detours seriously. I just think we're both very realistic. Which again, to us, was very important moving down because we did have so many expectations about, you know, what Halloween would look like, what holidays, what working, what school life, whatever it might be. Like we thought about moving down for so long that we had completely fantasized every aspect of it. And I think if you do make the move or if you're thinking about making the move, it's good to have these dreams and to, you know, kind of have that fantasy of what it all might be like. But at the end of the day, this is still real life. Like we still have bills to pay. You know, we still have things to do. 
that even though a lot of times we can feel like we're on vacation 24-7, we're not. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. But it is like a hard line that you kind of have to draw. I do. And I think, you know, this isn't to say don't pursue your dreams and don't pursue your passions. If if that is on the, you know, on your goal list, by all means, absolutely. That's what we say at the beginning of every episode. Write your own Disney story. If that's how you want your Disney story to end, I will fully support you in every single aspect of that. But I do think it's healthy to realize that the Tim Trackers of the world are the anomaly. That's not most people's reality. Would you agree with that? Well, and time is everything. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Even moving to Florida, it doesn't give you crazy exposure overnight. So all the things that we did in Tennessee, we still do here, you know, as far as trying to just grow and reach new audiences and everything like that, it's not automatic. So I think all the same kind of mental obstacles that we had in Tennessee as far as are we doing everything that we should? Is there something else that we could do? You know, it's it's the same here. Just easier access. Just more access, which is ultimately all we ever wanted. One other just brief thought on that is that, you know, obviously when you're in vacation mode and you're a content creator, a lot of times you'll come down and your camera never leaves your hand because you're trying to enjoy everything that you possibly can, but you're also trying to get as much content as you possibly can. And that has been a weird transition for me as well, is that I was either one extreme or the other for a long time when we were going. And I still haven't found a healthy balance, I don't think. Sometimes it was, we got to go get these shots at this time. I got to get this sunset because it goes with this picture that I'm trying to post, yada, yada, yada. And then I went like, I don't know, six or eight weeks where I didn't take the camera a single time to the parks. Mm-hmm. Probably not good. But that I think that's just how it shakes out sometimes. Yeah, it's just an ebb and a flow of kind of just where we are. Eventually, we'll find a healthy balance. Yes. We're an hour in. The most important question. I saved it for very last. Do you think the dogs have enjoyed the move? Oh, absolutely. Well, I was going to say absolutely. I do think they enjoy their new fence. That was something that we prioritized when we moved down because we did want to make sure that they were getting everything that they needed. I think they enjoy getting to be outside more often and they enjoy having you home, I would say, especially Minnie since she's your office cat. Yeah, I said dogs, but we we include the cat with that. She thinks she's a dog. She does think she's a dog. And sometimes the dogs think that they're cats. So it's a weird hybrid. They don't really know what's going on. But I do think that they're happy down here. Now, Loki, our fluffier corgi. She's black as well. Is not a huge fan of the heat. So it's really funny when we'll go sit outside on our porch at the end of the night or if we just want to hang out or eat dinner out there, we have to leave the door cracked because she will sit right inside so that she's in the air conditioning, but kind of with her nose outside so she can feel like she's still part of the conversation. But Louie just eats it up. He would sit outside all day. And so would the cat. So I think we've all adjusted appropriately. I think that's fair. It's a smaller house for them here, but I feel like they get to explore a larger percentage of it than they did at home. We have them blocked off from less areas. They don't do well on carpet, so they've never really been allowed to be on carpeted areas, and they are not great as far as being unsupervised, so we always keep them in areas of the house where they can be easily supervised, but I would agree. I mean, I think... They have their schedule. They're like babies. They're very much, they need that schedule. They thrive on a schedule. And I think it's great. Yeah, Louie is definitely a Florida dog at heart. He is. 
They okay. love the birds. They love nature watching out the back door. They let us know every time something flies or walks by. Or every time there's a gust of wind, whatever it might be. Uh, and then if you're interested in our gator talk, we're going to save that till Thursday. We are. Yeah. So again, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, anything that we didn't cover here in this episode, we've been very long-winded, so, but I'm sure there's some other things or more specific things that you might be interested in. Ask us those on any of our social media channels. I'll put it up on our Instagram story for the next couple of days so you can get those questions in as well. We'd love to answer any of those specifics. And then if you ever have any specific questions or things that you maybe don't want for us to answer on air, feel free to always send us a message. We are an open book. So thank you guys so much for listening to Moving Diary number nine, episode number 287. We will be back on Thursday. We can't wait to chat with you then. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.